Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. Hey, you guys. You guys. It's the Holderness Family Podcast. And a big thank you to everyone who voted for a podcast in the Shorty Awards in the other category. Right. I was about to say, like, we need to rename our podcast. It's the Holderness Family Podcast winner of the Audience Honor Other. Other <laughs> Audience. Other Category Audience Honor winner, which means... The judges did not pick us, but right, the people did. Right. Well, I mean, I looked like the the one that won it seems pretty cool. It's like Mo Rocca doing obituaries of people who deserved more more attention, Love and that. they called it Mo Obituaries. So, yes. but I do like yes, yeah, seriously. Thank you guys for voting for us. Um, honestly. Kim and I have said this before. We'll just do this even if no one's listening because we really enjoy it. So having a few people that actually enjoy it as well is such gravy because we're going to be in a retirement home and this thing's going to be unplugged. It's not even going to be plugged in. And, and we're just going to be, be talking into a microphone. Yeah. And the nurses are going to come by and say, mm, they're doing their podcast again. And yep. But don't you feel as if it's therapy for us? Yeah. Because it, when else in our lives... In our busy, busy lives, would we have a minute to sit down and stare at each other and talk? We, I mean, so we do it a lot, but there's the end is always something where we have to go somewhere else and finish making whatever it is that we're making. And this, right. we, from the beginning to the end, this is our product. And I think the reason why it works is because we do have a chance to look at each other and be like, what the heck is going on in our lives? And mm -hmm. I guess you're interested in it. So thank Honestly, you. I, I'm going to say... I like the people's choice. I mean, I think that we were, you know, the podcast of the people. I mean, that's better than some snooty judges, right? Unless the judges wanted to give us an award, then that's cool too. But thank you. I don't think they did. I because know. there were other people who won the audience honor and the podcast. Okay. Well, now they're just showing. So congrats <laughs> to everybody. Also, just a quick awkward plug. We have some new summertime tees in our merch store. Oh, and we've got t-shirts, hats, yeah. and pickleball sticker pack. All the cool kids are putting stickers on their water bottles right now. So right? if you bring your water bottle out to the pickleball court, that's what I'm doing. Uh, go to theholdernessfamily.com to shop our store. And this is just a plug for the sport of pickleball. Uh, my son, who's in that 
he's in that phase where he's really only trying to do cool stuff, mm-hmm. like play basketball and be like, yeah, what's up? Um, is getting super into pickleball. So it's becoming cool. And I, there's a lot of teenagers out playing it right now. I will, we, we're going to talk about our sober, curious summer um, and our journey through that and our, our sort of plan. So if you've clicked on this podcast because of a so, sober, curious summer, we're going to get to that in one minute, I promise. But I just want to pat myself on the back. My sort of, I'm not going to call it a resolution, but a goal for myself was to get out of my comfort zone this year. And last weekend, um, Lola was doing something. Oh, she was playing tennis and you were watching her play tennis. And PC and I, it was a beautiful day and there wasn't much going on. He wanted to play some pickleball. I am not, just for us playing singles pickleball, he is so much more talented than I am. I don't, it's not much fun for very long for either of us. So we went to the local pickleball courts and you like put your paddle in and you kind of rotate in amongst other people. Yeah. And so that's a big deal for me to sure. go out, play with strangers. Um, and and no, no situation did we win. And, and everybody was so kind. So if, if you're hesitant to sort of jump in to that in that situation, I was just really proud of myself that we drove there and did that. Um, and at one point, I was like, hey, buds, um, I'm tired. We've played uh, four games and I'm exhausted. How about you, this guy sitting over here by himself? How about you guys are new? Pro- so he played with somebody. And these are all while. adults. These are all adults. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm very just proud of myself that I did a weird, scary. It was scary. It wasn't scary, but it was out of my comfort zone to go put myself in a, situ- a competitive environment with complete strangers. Well, well, let me. So here's a follow up. How long was it uncomfortable for you? How long was it out of your comfort zone? Um, and when did it become we went, in your comfort anytime zone? Anytime we went to go play with somebody new, you yeah. know why? And I've uncovered this because we did that podcast about making phone calls to people and why it's so awkward. And the root of it is I don't want to burden people and I don't want to disappoint people and I don't want to create work for people. I know that as a middle-aged mom new to the sport, I'm, I can totally hang, but if they are out there for a super competitive match and they want to really be challenged, I'm not, that's not where I am. So I had to get over the fact that like, I, I deserve to be there. No, I'm not going to be going on the tour, that, but I thought I was wasting people's time by being out there. And so I just, I had to remove that pressure for myself. Well, built in to, and you see it more in the city courts. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. We have like a, we have a, um, like a tennis club that has pickleball courts. That's like a members sort of situation. And then there's a city court that I always tell people just go to the city court. Even if you like have access to these courts, go to the city court because their culture, Mm -hmm. I think best represents the global culture of pickleball, Mm -hmm. which is, I don't know why this is. It just, I think it comes with sort of the ridiculousness of what you're doing out there. It is such a welcoming, patient, forgiving culture So kind. That, that you shouldn't have that feeling for much longer if you keep going out there because even the best player out there in the city areas, they don't care if they win. They want like they would actually they get really psyched if they have a beginner and they win with them. So you're kind of playing with house money when that happens. And everybody but, was so I mean, yeah. me, we played this couple and they were obviously dialing it back and um they clapped for us every time we hit the shot. <laughs> and afterwards, I mean, we lost. And I was like, Penn Charles, weren't they so gracious and lovely? He goes, 10 out of 10 would lose again. They were great. Like, it was just yeah. like a really... Anyway, done with my pickleball journey, but I just wanted uh, to update uh, you. Okay. Okay. 
It is the start of the summer, which means, you know, we're outside, going to the pool, grilling out, headed to the beach. Typically, Penn, in all of those scenarios, we would enjoy an adult beverage. Right. I, I mean, the pool, yes. Grilling out, yes. Heading to the beach, yes. It's like it, it, it almost goes with it. It's milk and cookies. Right, exactly. Right? I think the beach is the, probably the strongest one for me. Yeah. Uh, and you're right. There's always access to those things, um, whether it's in your house or at the pool now. I mean, most pools you either can bring your own or there's a bar sitting right there. And obviously at the beach, that that's a big part of the culture there too. So it, it's everywhere. But this summer, you and I are trying something a little different. Yeah, uh, it's very different, I would say. And I think we need to explain people how we got there. Yeah. Right. Because you and I are social drinkers. We have been most of our life. We went to this is important for those people who aren't as old as us. We went to college in the 90s. Yeah. And at my school in the 90s, I want to take you all the way back. Right. When, when I was living in the 90s and I don't really blame my parents for this. They actually made sure that I had some access to alcohol when I was a teenager so that I would be ready for going to the University of Virginia. Mm. The University of Virginia had grain alcohol parties where you were drinking out of trash cans. They had keg parties, mm -hmm. which they don't have anymore, where you could bring as many kegs as you wanted to your house. And I'm sure they have keg parties. They, they Many fewer. They are, they are not as accessible as they used to be. I can tell you that for sure. It was not unusual for a house to have 10 kegs, like a fraternity house to have 10 kegs. Oh, yeah. And people would go through them and do keg stands and bongs and like chugging. Like that was a thing. Like I saw a lot of people their first couple of weeks of college go to the emergency room because they didn't know how to control it. Like they didn't know how to moderate it. So I guess I was grateful for my parents for that. But there's also studies and we've talked to people who've said that like <laughs> if you expose people to alcohol too early, that that will ultimately lead to bad habits and alcoholism yeah. down the road. So I wanted to start with that. Like everyone has their own type of exposure to it. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like really our generation socially, there's a lot of people who you just, when you have a gathering, alcohol is available, which is fine, but also people kind of expect you to partake. Yeah. And if you don't, they think that you're pregnant. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> that, that's a thing, right? If you don't drink, it's like, oh, are you pregnant? Is there something wrong? Are you sober? Do you have a problem with it? Do you have a problem with me drinking? Like that's yeah. kind of the direction that we go in. So that's one side of the, of the coin. The other side of the coin is Kim and I are getting really serious about brain health. And it is because we know things that our parents didn't know one generation ago. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, <laughs> I can tell you something personally about that. My parents both have dementia. I know that it's hereditary. Mm -hmm. I know that my grandparents had dementia. I also know that alcoholism is hereditary. Mm -hmm. I know that you can damage your brain with alcohol and increase the chances of Alzheimer's. Sometimes it can be this, the main cause of it. Yeah. I don't know if that was the case with my parents, but I know I saw them drink a fair amount of wine. That's kind of what preachers do, um, at least in the South. Uh, and so Kim, I think, is aware of this as well. She's seen what's happened to my parents. Um, she knows that I have that marker. Uh, she is better at studying and knowing these things. And without saying, Penn, this is... Well, I think you did at some point say it. You said it's it's time for you to 
go see a functional doctor and learn more about this. Yeah. And you asked for my, for your birthday, you asked for me to go see a functional doctor. That was your birthday present. So, um, that was an extreme act of love. It's, it's all stuff that I knew, but I think I did need a doctor to kind of hammer it home for me. And so go ahead. No, no, I just, there's a, a new preclinical study, which I don't know what the difference between preclinical and other types of studies, but the scientist at Wake Forest, Wake in a new preclinical study, and again, I don't know the difference between a preclinical study and a published study and peer review and all that stuff, but scientists at Wake Forest University School of Medicine showed that even modest amounts of alcohol can accelerate brain atrophy, which is the loss of brain cells, and increase the number of amyloid plaques, which are accumulation of toxic proteins in Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, I know. The yeah, amyloid plaques, are that's what you can look for in a brain scan right. when you're trying um, to find For this podcast, our intention wasn't to solve a problem or make a plan that anybody had to stick to, but to talk about where we are mm -hmm. in this journey. And we are, I think by definition, sober curious. And what does that mean exactly? All right. So I looked it up because mm -hmm. I'd heard it before and I didn't, I didn't understand it. To me, it felt like, are you curious about being sober for the rest of your life? Yeah. And it's not. Um, there, so I'm going to read an article um, by Sarah Shepard. Not an article, but a clip or a quote. Yes, it's a clip of an article by her. Yeah. Um, and it starts with her. It's like, this is the question. She says, do you often wonder what life would be like without alcohol? Do you use alcohol to overcome social anxiety? Do you question why alcohol is present at every event? Do you hate the all or nothing mentality that comes with sobriety? Maybe you don't have to drink, but you often do and you wish you didn't. Sober curiosity might be for you. And then she quotes a woman named Ruby Warrington who wrote an actual book about sober curious. And what she said was being, here's the, here's the definition. She says, be, she says, being sober curious means literally to choose to question or get curious about every impulse, invitation, and expectation to drink versus mindlessly going along with the dominant drinking culture. We're coming right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. Opening up to a therapist might feel uncomfortable, cathartic, exhausting, or even exhilarating. But one thing's for certain, if you keep talking or texting with a licensed therapist, you will gain insights and uncover truths that you can only find in therapy. Get those personal breakthroughs and judgment-free support by signing up for Talkspace. At Talkspace.com, you can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that's right for you, typically within 48 hours. There's no need to commute to appointments, miss time at work, or line up childcare in order to attend sessions. It's mental health care made easy. 
Talkspace is also affordable and in-network with most major insurers. To celebrate May, Mental Health Awareness Month, and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash Holderness to get $80 off your first month with code SPACE80 and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash Holderness with code SPACE80. I I think that's where we are. Yeah. And I think for, we have people in our lives that have danced with alcoholism and thank God that is not us because we can do just one drink, but it is worth it to be curious about why we feel the need for that one drink. That's right. And knowing your genetic history, that ideally it's zero, but it's realistically, if you have one a week or two, that you are still greatly reducing your chances for all of those brain health issues. Well, here's what my journey has been. I don't think I was sober curious at first. I think my doctor told me that I needed to cut down. Yeah. So Um, how much... Can you tell the people how much you were drinking? Yeah, like seven, really- seven to eight units a week, which is like, that. that's like one a day sometimes during the, I, I was trying to do the math and sometimes it's less. Sometimes, frankly, if I'm like out with my buddies, it's more. I tried to like balance it out. Yeah. So um, like when I went, well, when I go to a hockey game, there's like, I, I count those as two. They're these like giant beers that you drink. Yeah. So I count those as two. Uh, you know, when I play tennis with my friends, like afterwards, there's a bar right there. And like, that's traditional to go over and have a drink then. And I play tennis a couple times a week. You and I get sushi when sushi shows up at our house on a Friday there's a glass of white wine that goes with that. So I tried to add that up and average it out. And of course there's nights and days when I just don't, but there's a lot of, there were a ton of habits set around my life, which is a good social life. It's a healthy social life. And these are almost all social drinks. So that's what the number is. And were you surprised when you did the honest calculation Mm -hmm. of, of how much you were drinking? Was that surprising to you? Or is yeah. that surprising to your doctor? It wouldn't have been surprising to me. Uh, actually, it, 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 it would have been surprising to me if it was that number four or five years ago because I've been intentionally trying to like curb down mm-hmm. just because of all of the social things that I do, just finding times to be like, okay, I'm going to take, I'm going to not mm-hmm. do this right now. Um, I, I was surprised by the doctor's response. I thought that was like a decent normal number. And for some people, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came in there and told her my intentionality was to fend off Alzheimer's, she said, well, that's too much. Okay. And so I was surprised to hear what the ideal number is, mm-hmm. which is zero to two. You know, obviously the best is zero. And even she said, she's like, I think you should start by going to three to four, because this is not like, this is, this is something that I want you to be good at for the rest of your life. And it's not always a good idea when it comes to habits to just stop everything. The three to four is what she's told me. I've actually gone for the most part below that on most weeks, but here's what, here's the interesting change of, of things. I've become sober curious as a result of this, not before, because now I am questioning when I go to all of these places, which I've, I've been doing this for over a month and I see what's happening socially. Mm-hmm. When I make that decision, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, talk more about that. 
Well, I'd love to hear what you think as well. But um, at the at the bar where we normally go after tennis, I order a Heineken 0.0 and I've gone through every every bartender who knows me has looked at me like, huh? Yeah. What? Like looked at me like there was something wrong with me. I've had friends who have been like, what? Like looked at me like something was wrong with me. And I started by just saying, yeah, not tonight. And then if they push, I explain it to them. And then I feel like I'm being preachy because I, I, I don't want to tell everybody else not to do this. I really don't care what they do. Let me talk real quick about the non-alcoholic industry growth. A new study from Valynx found more than half of the consumers are trying to drink less alcohol. 75% have stopped drinking alcohol for at least a month. Mm-hmm. Of those people, 52% are replacing alcohol with non-alcoholic beverages. The no alcohol drinks market surpassed $11 billion in 2022. So we are not alone in this. Yeah. But I will say, I am joining you on this journey. First of all, I didn't have, I didn't, I never drank as much as you did. I, I, but I drank on the weekends. I'd probably have a glass of wine on Friday and one, maybe two on Saturday. But my issue is with where I am in perimenopause, it messes with my sleep. Right. And the next day after I drink, my anxiety is peaking. And let me tell you, some days you might see me at the beach and I might have a glass of wine and I know, okay, it's going to mess with my sleep and tomorrow I'm not going to feel great, but I want to have it. So I think that I don't have an intention of not drinking ever again. I just want to be more intentional about when I do it. But socially, we've already felt some repercussions is too strong of a word. What's yours? There has, and this is, we're, you know, we're new to this. And when we are out socially recently, we've ordered, we went out to dinner last night mm-hmm. and ordered mocktails and you ordered a zero, you know, proof, whatever beer. Um, and that was fine because the people we were with aren't drinkers, but we have been with people or I've been with people who I think because I had, I would always order a glass of wine at dinner. It brought about a lot of questions a little bit of judgment uh, and I, I'm i trying to really evaluate how I respond to people with that. But then there have been times where I haven't been included in a situation because they there was an, and I would hear the next day, like, oh, well, I knew that it was just kind of a wine night and I knew you wouldn't really want to participate in that. So I didn't want to tempt you. I'm like, no, it's not. So it's and I, that's fine but socially to not be included on something it's i just have to get used to it or and, and i have to say didn't you tell somebody hey i'm not drinking and 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 they said like well you're going to be a lot less fun now yes someone said that to me i think they were probably joking mm-hmm. but I, I and i heard that and i was like oof i really hope this doesn't this isn't the way it is um and it hasn't been it's like, it, it's actually funny with my friends now because I told them I'm doing like the, the, the three to four, which actually I, that's not true. It's more like zero to two for me. And, um, so when I see them, they'll be like, is this a unit day? And I'll say, yeah, no, it's, I'll say, no, it's not a unit day. Like, oh, darn it. And then we move on. I have to say that so, your personality doesn't change when you're drinking. Thank you. I, I don't know that I, I have a lot more fun with a couple of beers socially than I do with zero. Like yeah. the, I'm still at that point. Like, I, and I know that I'll get to the point where I have the exact same amount of fun, but I, I have more confidence in how awesome I am if I have two beers uh-huh. than if I have zero. 
And that's a me problem. Like I got to work on that. But you know, like last night was a great example. I felt, I, I felt like I was a good contributor to the, to what was going on. I feel like I was probably being a better listener mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that. So thank you for saying that. I, I, I also do feel that way. I, I think it's going to get easier and get better. And for two reasons, number one, like we're going to get more comfortable with ourselves when we're in these situations and our friends are going to get more comfortable with what we're doing and they're not going to judge us. I really don't think so. No, Um, I'm still going to go. I'm still going to go to to go get drinks with the guys. I'm just drinking like a Heineken zero when I go there. So, cause I still like, just like you, I crave those social things. I do think that the world is, we're not alone here. Like you said, and the world is going to make it easier. So apparently, and I don't know where the study comes from. Our wonderful, wonderful producer kind of pulled some stats for us, but 43% admitted to canceling social plans uh, to avoid the pressure of drinking alcohol altogether. And a study of 2000 adults who consume alcohol revealed that 28% of those have made excuses to avoid drinking. And I, so I think that what I need to get past, and this is a me thing is having an excuse because nobody cares. Nobody cares why you're not. And well, they do. It's tough when you say, why aren't you drinking? Because I don't want to get Alzheimer's and be a burden to my children. That's like a huge buzzkill. If you say that in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. And I think that again, I don't want to be, and then I don't want to be judgy about their decisions because it's not my life. Right. Um, But I will say as we enter the summer, doing your zero to two units, I mean, we have a beach vacation. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, as this episode airs, we will be at the beach. That's right. So what is, let's, let's think, you know, I love a plan. How are we going to handle that? Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to switch over to crack. Um, I don't know where to find <laughs> California it. California sober. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. No. We have some friends in California love and adore and they are, um, they don't drink at right. all. But they are California sober because there's many more things that are legal there. And they, that's right. Yeah, and they're legally doing whatever they want to. 100% legal. Yeah. And they call themselves California. By the sober. way, I will say that it, that has been a better situation for their social lives, their relationships and everything. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I, I do not have judgment. I, yeah. I wish that that were an option in all states. And I don't feel like people should be sitting in jail anyway. But that's a different podcast. Um, All right. So, so back to that, I, I want to make a, an important clarification because you're talking about people canceling, the, canceling their plans and um, they, they make this delineation in the book. There's, there's sober curious, which is something that people who are moderate drinkers make a decision to do. There's sobriety, which is what people who are alcoholics decide to do. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's two different things or that are just, going on. Or here. they just decide to not drink. Yeah. Understood. Yeah. But that was a, that was a clear delineation that they made in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the reasons they make that delineation is because you're not at a point where you say, I can't do this anymore. Right. My brain has flipped from, in the way it was described to me, it's flipped from a cucumber to a pickle. Once you put enough vinegar in a cucumber, it becomes a pickle and it never goes back to being a cucumber. Right. And so those are two different things that are going on. Right. And for, for people who are, who are, have alcoholism as a disease, I, I also like, I understand that could be a different situation. Yeah. No, that there's no option to be sober curious. Right. You, you are, you must. And that's, I have to say, I'm very thankful that we don't 
have to, because that's so much daily work mm-hmm. that I, I, I it is a, it's a disease, and I, it is so much daily work, and I feel for people and families that are on that path because that's really freaking hard we're talking about the ability to make a choice and being and feeling awkward in social situations which is nothing nothing in comparison to somebody trying to kick that's um, right alcoholism yeah i just i I wanted to throw that out there yeah no that's 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 very important because what we we must sound so whiny and entitled because we're like "Mm, i have a glass of wine and that's you know that makes me feel bad no i understand that as long as we make sure that's why i want to clarify it because the feelings that we're having are also totally valid um it is again it's it comes from you keep reading these studies that's for us where it comes from Mm -hmm. at least i have this brain that is not going to get along well with long-term heavy drinking probably not long-term moderate drinking you know it's the best way to reduce the chances or just to reduce the intake drastically okay back to our plan for the summer yeah like what are we going to do what are we going to do we are uh, kim and penholderness right now are on a beach somewhere how do we handle that yeah so for me as an adhd dopamine hunter yeah um alcohol helps with that right it does it gives you like a little hit um and so there's replacements like for a lot of people and you'll see this for people who are actually alcoholics uh tennis exercise um other ways to get endorphins oh god we're gonna learn how to wake surf that's gonna be i I don't think you can do that on any alcohol i think you need to be like stone cold sober to do that it's like hunting it's something that you just like it's too dangerous because you could kill yourself if you do it it's like harder than driving and so um i i'm gonna make that a part of my daily routine and so that's that's your reward you know what i mean yeah Um, and also also just like non-alcoholic beers yeah, I just hit order on a whole bunch of mocktail things. And I would, you guys, if you're listening to this, please send me through Instagram your favorite mocktail, either recipes or the ones you can just get off Amazon or whatever website. Because you know what it is for me? It is just the habit of, and, and I need to reflect on this too, but at the end of a long day, just the habit of having something that's not mm-hmm. water. <laughs> and I like I'm so sick of water. I, I like tea kinda. No. But I think that it's not it's not my favorite, especially during the summer. So finding something that tastes a little different from water and it's over ice or it's in a wine glass and the fact that it doesn't have alcohol in it is actually fine as long as it tastes a little different. And I think it helps to have partner in it with you. I think it'd be hard if you were having two to three units a day at the beach, which, which I did. Right. I mean, absolutely. It, I, that was absolutely my average at, at the, the beach. Pool, Cause we're yep. at, like, Oh, we're at the beach. It's, it's lunch. Noon, I'm going to get something. Time. There's a sunset yeah, dinner. Yeah. Sunset, two to three for sure. Two to three for sure. And to have somebody who's not doing that, like who's somebody who's doing that in front of you would be hard to not. So the fact that we're both doing this, I think will be really helpful. Yeah. I, I mean, the NA stuff has been, has been helpful. They opened a bottle shop uh, at this beach place where we like to go. And we were there a couple of weeks ago and they have a whole shelf yeah. of NA beers. And I, then I went to Whole Foods and, or Total Wine, Total, Total Wine and Whole Foods and they both have huge sections. I mean, yeah. huge. I mean, for... They, they have a lot of non-alcoholic beer options. I do, the, I've tried non-alcoholic wine. Yeah, it's just, not, I mean, that I've tried. Send me your suggestions. It's called grape juice. 
I know. Right? <laughs> guys, it's great. I mean, I I love that people are trying, but I think there there's we're like not there yet. I could be wrong. Uh, send it to me. But I'm I'm proud of us for trying this. And you know what I think for our family is going to be big is showing our kids yeah. that it's possible to go to the beach, do these things, and get on with life. And it's not. It doesn't have to be such a big part of our lives. A lot of studies say that these next generations are not drinking as much as we did. They, they're drinking plenty. I mean, they go yeah. to college and they drink plenty. And to be honest, to be fair, like there are some, there are a lot of, in a lot of states, not a lot of other legal options to get, you know, to feel and, different. And they're probably going to have better brain health ultimately when it's all over. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know the studies on pot versus alcohol long term, um, but they have other options. So they're not drinking as much as we are. But given our, combined family history and i would like my kids to just have a responsible framework for what life likes looks like without having to yeah. drink yeah and again this is us listen there are like honestly there there if you want to hit me with some stats to the contrary i actually there are some that i will listen to like there are benefits people say some people say there are benefits to moderate alcohol consumption yeah so and this is like again we're reading doctors stuff neither of us are scientists but okay so moderate alcohol use for healthy adults generally means like up to one drink a day for women and up to two drinks a day for men so that means 14 a week what i'm just reading a stat about alcohol consumption Oh, I don't know. Uh, Anne-Marie put this in here. It says, <laughs> From Google. and then, yeah, it says moderate alcohol consumption may provide some health benefits such as reducing your risk of developing and dying of heart disease. I've heard that yeah. about red no, wine. It, it, it's the red, it's the, uh, I've heard that wine. about, yeah. heard that about red, which by the way, that's become my, that's become my units. Yeah. Lately. When you drink, you yeah, drink Yeah. I do wine. red wine because I love, first of all, I love red wine. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two, possibly reducing your risk of ischemic stroke when the arteries in your brain become narrowed or blocked, causing severely reduced blood flow. That seems kind of out there. And then one, it says possibly reducing your risk of diabetes. I don't, I would love diabetes. to know what that diabetes. I would love to know where that comes from because the sugar and alcohol, I don't think is great for diabetes on the whole. So that is, listen, I just read this from mm -hmm. a person who knows something and there are all these like French blue zones, right? We've talked about it. Who drink, uh, they drink a couple breeze, of, they yeah. drink a couple of glasses of wine a day and they walk up hills and they're all totally fine. So the difference though is, cause I've read about this. Yeah. They are literally buying and drinking wine that is, they're stomping on. Sure. Still. I mean, they're, they're the way there's, it is far. I mean, that's good wine. It's, it's, it's more, I mean, cleaner is kind of a buzzword, but can I say something real quick? Uh, there was a, very, very, very tiny online skerfuffle because I was wearing a continuous glucose monitor on my arm and it was, and I showed in one of the videos it was apparent. And I didn't realize that the diabetes community is very sensitive about people wearing those just for funsies. Because? I, I, do, I, have, I didn't dive into it. Is it like taking someone's away from them I, who needs I, it? I don't know, but okay. this was prescribed by my doctor and I didn't feel like I owed an exclamation but people were very persistent about it with their curiosity of it. Um, but it was prescribed by my doctor because we're trying to figure out if I have just because I have all the symptoms of PCOS and like all the thing. And 
and then or maybe endometriosis and there's like do i get a surgery do i get so we're trying to like narrow down a diagnosis without me having to go through a surgical diagnosis which is endometriosis anyway so this is one of the tools but i had so i had to wear it for two weeks it was really it was fascinating i i don't have any sort of dramatic you know insulin issues but it was interesting because oh, and once in the two weeks it was before mother's day we went out to dinner and we were like let's have units this is our unit day mm-hmm. and we got a glass we got glasses of wine holy crap did that spike i didn't have it with i i right. had it before i had food so if i had it after food i think it would have been different but i had it before our dinner came and that was the highest my blood sugar went for the entire two weeks i and then it there was like a crash. I'm like, oh, no wonder I can't sleep after I have it. But it was fascinating to see what the impact sure. on me. I mean, everybody's different, what that had. Yeah. I, I, we have to keep saying everybody's different because I just read the benefits to alcohol consumption. There are some, the heart health thing. We talked about the blue zones. People have good wine. I, uh, I just can't say this enough. This is just us. <laughs> We're trying to figure this out as best we can. And the one thing we're learning that I would say outwardly is that there is a culture of expectation and that is there. We have and, done videos where we uh, talk about, oh, it's I'm only going to drink wine when I celebrate. And, you know, we were celebrating the, you know, you put on the toilet bowl or the toilet paper. Let's cheers. And there was some kickback. I think our intention was we are mocking we were sort of mocking the culture but i don't think we did a good enough job and i think it was uh, we got some criticism which i think is fair i think we did i thought we did fine i don't think they got the video the video is meant to be uh, uh, how ridiculous is it that we do this and yeah, I think no, people I mean, read it, it as I think people saw it and thought that it was so maybe we didn't do a great job yeah, because I don't think we did the point job. was this is ridiculous not you should do this right and I think it maybe came off as like this is what we do right so I, I'm open to that sort of criticism and I I, I see because that that's how we started to be fair we it, that came out of a very real place because we said hey how about this let's not drink when we're no stressed. More drinking when we're stressed yep. after a long day only when we're celebrating and then we'd be like huh it's Tuesday and we finished like, let's celebrate. It's Tuesday. And like, we kind of, we, that's how the joke sort of started. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, what works for me the best is actually just the numbers so far. That's worked for me. Like it's, it's sort of the challenge and getting competitive, not even a challenge, just like make it. So if you're going to have one or two a week, make it an awesome opportunity, like a sunset or, or a dinner when you're having a steak, like make it count, not, okay, I'm done with work. There's a beer in the fridge. I'm going to open it and drink it. Like give, give yourself a, a, an occasion for it to happen so that, um, you know, it's, it's worth it and not a waste. And you're doing it because you enjoy the taste and it goes well with food or, you know, uh, there's still nothing wrong with having a glass of wine after and in a beautiful sunset or like, honestly, whenever you want to, just for me, I, th- I think like finding good occasions for it makes more sense. You're looking um, at me like I'm funny. No, I'm looking at you weird because my contacts. Oh, um, <laughs> I need to. I, there's a. There's a. I went to get an eye exam and I need more intense contacts, but they didn't want to order them before I got the sample. So right now I'm squinting at you because I literally can't. My eyes are so messed up. Okay. No, I'm. Pr- I, I just want to say that I'm really proud of you because I think that. 
Well, check with me in 10 years. Make well, sure you're still proud of me. your dad, may he rest in peace, um, was always the life of any party. And not because of alcohol necessarily, but because he was this really well-known pastor, people gave him really, really nice, good wine, really good wine as yeah. gifts. Yep. And so he built in your basement at, you know, in the house you grew up in this really lovely wine cellar situation. And he, he really cared about it. And I think that, especially after his retirement, there was, you know, the, those gifts didn't stop and, and being like, it's cool, right. To know a lot about wine. And so I think you were surrounded a lot with, with a lot of, you were just surrounded by it a lot and that was normal for you. And I think it's really, really hard to break a cycle. Yeah. And I think that if we're talking about drinking or any other habit that your parents that you saw modeled it is really hard to break a generational cycle and you're freaking doing it and, so far <laughs> but it this we have we didn't just start yesterday mm -hmm. this has been the past couple months and i'm just really proud of you well thank you i mean the fact that you have really sweet caring friends but there is that culture. I've even heard of some of them joining you in this. Like, you know what? I'm not going to drink tonight. They're curious. Yeah. They're, I, I, I think <laughs> not a lot of people are doing research on the brain, the brain health. health thing. And not a lot of people have parents like mine. Right. I so, mean, not everybody needs to. Yeah. And I don't, I don't need my friends to change their habits at all. I don't need to be a Pied Piper for this. No. I just want to get invited, which I do, which is good. Like, you know, I, I, I'm on this text thread. It's like, Hey, happy hour, five 30. I show up, yeah. I get a Heineken zero and, and I'm working my way through people who look at me like I'm funny. And you know what? Sometimes I'll grab a glass of red wine yeah. because that'll be one. It'll be a unit day. Everyone, everyone loves unit day. I, th <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, it's just, yeah. At the end of the day, for me being married to you and your wonderful brain, if you do all these things and at some point there's a cognitive decline, mm -hmm. I want to know it's because like this is the way, I mean, there's a percentage of people, a lot, a lot of Alzheimer's and dementia, there's so much research every single day that can be like you, you, you can rewind a lot of that or hit pause on it, but there's some genetic components that like, you're just gonna get it. Yeah. And I would like to know that we did every single thing to, and it wasn't because of alcohol Yeah. that you're there. So. Yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, I, uh, there's some, some things I have to cancel. I'm not gonna be able to do the beer mile anymore because that just kind of blows through all of my units. <laughs> Or you could do an NA beer mile. I guess it's less fun to see people like you would be running in a straight line and everybody else would be. Yeah. Does everyone know what the beer mile is? I think we should teach the people. Okay. It's a, it's an event that uh, they probably do let people do an NA beer mile. I don't know this. I haven't done this in five years. Um, it was actually the beginning of me realizing, hmm, I can drink a lot and no one can even tell like that. Seriously. Like no, I, you can't tell. You, you know, I can tell if you've had like six, I can tell if you've, because you 
there you have mannerisms and you get like really schmoopy and like i am like okay buddy time to time to wrap it up but it doesn't you, happen very often it's though. probably a lot of units when that happens yeah and, i just and, have I, I can hold my liquor pretty well and here's the sad proof of it there's a race called the beer mile you can look it up. Look up 2018 NC Beer Mile. That's the state championship of beer milers. Mm-hmm. It's like mostly, you know, dads like me who are like, hey, let's get some beers. It's going to be fun. And then run. You chug a 16 ounce. 16. Yep. You chug a pint. You run 400 yards. You chug another pint, 400 yards, pint, 400, pint, 400. So you I chug. It like it's a, in, in the end, it's a half gallon of oh my beer Lord and then you goodness. run and then you run so really that's probably closer to six beers right it's like a six pack that you have to do this and you have to run a mile and i did it in six minutes and 46 seconds or something Which, like that by the way i couldn't run just a mile sober that fast well i mean you don't give yourself time for the uh for it to i guess assimilate in your blood it's just really what you can do with your stomach and then afterward everyone is just loopy i'd be down for the crispy cream challenge which you've also yeah. done which is you run two miles i think that's worse oh so you run two miles you eat a dozen donuts <laughs> and then you run two i think miles. it's worse a dozen donuts i think is worse than four pints of beer i don't we'll have to ask I, I just, what kind of races do we do in the south uh yeah let's let's yeah. do the <laughs> well so but when i got done with the beer mile I was expecting everyone to be like, man, you're a really fast runner. And I must be if I did that. But it was like everyone who finished around me was a four minute miler. They were like collegiate runners. So they all looked at me afterward. They're like, man, you're just a really good drinker. And I was like, oh, I don't need that on my resume. I am. No, I am. I can just do it. And it doesn't. I think that's part of my DNA. That's not good. If, cause I, because no one can see what it is that I'm doing myself, doing to myself. And so this is all part of my thought process that I had a while ago and it's just kind of come to a culmination recently is if I'm that good at it, I can do a lot of it and no one would even know. Mm-hmm. And the only person who's going to suffer according to some scientific theories is going to be me in about 20 years. And then my, my kids have to take care of, care of me. Um, can I ask real quick, what are the benefits you've seen in the past couple months of your reduced unit consumption? Uh, I I mean, I definitely, my face has a lot less fat on it. Uh, I think like... Everybody's like, you've lost so much weight and yeah, you really... I haven't lost any weight. I actually have more weight on my upper body. Mm-hmm. I have less weight in my stomach and in my face. And it's mm-hmm. just been, redis- it immediately got redistributed to the muscles. So I like the way I look. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, my skin looks better. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, um, I mean, my pants never didn't fit, but they definitely, like, I may have to get some new pants. We did a video where it was like my wife at Target and it was you basically, with my permission, just kind of reenacting how I act when I'm inside Target. And Taylor Kalmus, who's dude dad, left a comment. He's like, I'm just so distracted with how jacked Penn looks. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you, that was when I, that was after I'd started this. Yeah. So you, it's not that you yeah. necessarily have like the weight has changed. Uh, the, the, your composition is, I think you've lost some water weight. Yeah. Meanwhile, he, Penn and I eat the exact same way. And I drink, I, I do mostly zero to one. Uh, if maybe I'll have one mm-hmm. glass of wine a week, maybe. But a lot, a lot of times at zero, I've lost no weight. Just, just wanted to. I haven't really know. either. I've kind of stabilized. I think like last night we went to dinner and I, um, and I had like a brownie for lunch. I, I'm my functional doctor has a whole thing, list of things that she's trying to get me to do, and I'm taking care of the alcohol part first. 
and then I'm going to get better at the rest of it. I mean, I did have, I had a burrito yesterday. I'm not supposed to eat tortillas. Like there's all kinds of stuff you're not supposed to eat. If I do all of the things at the same time, I'm probably going to have to like sub subsidize it with some carbs or something. Cause I do lose. A, a it's a gluten there. issue, not a carb issue. Yeah. To I don't know. So, but um, we actually are thinking of doing an entire mini series on just the brain health and the journey on that. Mm -hmm. Just something where we can do a deep dive, really interview the experts that are on the front lines of this more because of personal curiosity. Uh, and we were going to really go gung ho on that this summer, but you guys, we are deep into book number two and we've realized um, that is, it's, it's really hard to write a book and do anything else. So yeah. um, do you want to tell the folks about uh, book number two? It's called ADHD is awesome. Working title, but yes, we think that's the title. I think that's what it's going to end up being. I like the title because people don't really know what the word awesome means. They have to look it up in the dictionary. We've been using it in one way, but really what it means is inspiring great admiration, but also causing great fear. Mm -hmm. The way that it was intended would be, you know, for uh, the, the way that you look at a, in the Bible, like at a God who's not just powerful, but is also terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, and so powerful, I think is the term. And ADHD is powerful. It's powerful good. It's powerful bad. Um, but people have focused more on the powerful bad part of it. It's also a brain difference that we've learned a ton about in the last 30 or 40 years to the point that it needs a rebrand, in my opinion. It needs a new name. It needs a new perspective. And doctors need to explain it to patients, which I believe they're starting to do in a more positive way because it does have great strengths attached to it. It's just not compliant with the world that we have created yeah. as a people. And, and so I say we writing it, it's really Penn. Penn is writing this. I interject some as somebody who partners and parents ADHD. I'm so, we're, we're doing some deep work on it. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, it is, I, I am learning so much in the process and it's making me definitely more, sympathetic but gosh you know we know people who you know you see Penn sing and dance and he and he makes adhd look so awesome right but we know people who have adhd who have struggled sure and uh, to keep jobs yeah. to get stuff done so i so we're really respectful of that so i but i'm excited so manuscripts due in september so it's going to be a summer of hustle then hopefully mm, publish date next year sometime i kind of forgot where we landed on that march we'll figure it out books take a long time oh it's gosh, not like the, so yeah we could we could just i mean we're talking about it right now we just gave you a big chunk of it and this is coming out in three days <laughs> so from the time that we talked about it to the time that the podcast yeah. happens i'm excited about the book I, I think you made a good point that there are varying levels of ADHD. It is a spectrum disorder 100% like most neurodiversity is. But if if we can just raise awareness to people around the the uh, the di learning difference and also make the people who have it feel like they're not alone and they do have great powers and they do have great gifts and skills, we can go a long way to help people who have it and maybe even educate the world around us so that maybe when we put something together like a school or a job or any other part of life that there are quite a few people 
who don't necessarily sync up with that. And you either have to give them some grace or maybe rethink the way that you organize things. Yeah, right now our world is not set up for no. the ADHD brain. Nope. But the more you know about it, then the better off you are. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really excited about it. It's a lot of work, you guys, because in order to get to that point that I just made, we really do have to explain a lot of the science and the medicine behind it, Which means because it's irresponsible not because to. Because we, I don't yeah, know if you knew this, we were not, we're not scientists, yeah. we're doctors, and uh, so we're not trying to claim any of that as our yeah. own. Like we've not done the research or double blind studies, that's right. but we're living it. So that's our perspective. Anywho, I'm really excited, and we'll try to talk about it and. We, when that is published, I want to do just like we did with book number one, Everybody Fights, maybe do some chapter or at least segment readings here, have some of the guests, um, some of the people we interviewed for the book on as the podcast. Sure. I don't don't know, especially with book number one, where I had a more active role, obviously. My goal was just to, even if we helped one person have a better and better communication when they had arguments. Yeah, that was my goal. And I think we did that. So. Yeah, I want to help 1 million people. Yeah, because there's more of like, one would be great. There's a lot of people who who have this and don't know it. There's a, my gosh, you guys, when you get into the research there, the, the group of undiagnosed mm. is not great. Minorities are underdiagnosed. Women are underdiagnosed. Women are underdiagnosed. Um, sometimes young children are underdiagnosed because you, you know, kind of pawn it off as oh well, they're just being they're just being statistically how they are. black that, boys are under diagnosis. Yes. It, it, it is super, by the way, difficult to diagnose a, a child compared to an adult, right? Like a it, young child. Cause they don't have the perspective. That's right. And, yeah. Uh, because you grow, you outgrow some of these traits. Yeah, you sure do. It is fascinating. We are trying to make it fascinating with illustrations, brain breaks, margin doodles, a bunch of these things. That was a big part of our meeting yesterday uh, that we referred to. That was a big full day, but it, it felt very rewarding because we have a team of people who are trying to figure out how do we write this for the ADHD brain, but also for the parent, how can we do it for both? Yeah. And that's, that's what we've been trying to figure out anyway. Okay. Guys, I, it, it's uh, it's going to be, instead of a hot girl summer, it's going to be a, still be a hot girl mo- summer, mocktail summer, a mock girl summer, a mock girl summer. And I don't know, we're going to, we're going to report back. And if you see us, if you are listening to this and then you see us at the beach and we're holding a glass of wine, it's one of our units. It's we're having a unit day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a unit day. (laughs) It's a unit day. I feel like we should make wine or glasses of wine. We should not make wine. No, no, not wine. I'm sorry. I said, oh my God. (laughs) Trust me on this. We have, we're launching our new winery. It's called grape juice. It's called grape juice. It's called well juice. Um, I think but we should do wine glasses that say it's a unit day. No, we're not going to. Let's just let's put a button in that and then we'll see what we'll see what happens. Guys, have a great rest of the week and do whatever you want. Do whatever you but want. But if you are if any of this stuff resonates with you and you just are curious about the social norms and sometimes you don't want to drink, but you do because everyone else is. We hear you, and it's totally okay. And Will you send us a message on this. Tell me, tell me what your journey is yeah. through all this. Bye. Bye. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.